Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and today we are all in for a treat as we hear from Mike O'Connell. Mike O'Connell is a pastor at Love Church in Omaha. He's also a coach on the Montgomery Companies team. It's been such a blessing to partner with Mike over this past year and watch him grow future leaders. Mike is a husband, a father, a friend to many, and is one of the most dynamic young leaders that we've ever had the privilege of growing with. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Mike O'Connor. Mike, welcome to the Montgomery Companies podcast. Uh, man, I just got to say, this is so fun to do this with you. Oftentimes, we get to uh, interview mentors and people that we respect. Um, but sometimes, once in a while, we get to interview just a really close friend. Uh, you're one of my closest friends in life. You're a teammate at Montgomery Companies. You're one of the most talented, most gifted young leaders that I know that I've ever met. And so, man, it is just a true honor to have you on the show. Jordan, thanks for having me, man. This is, this is truly an honor, and I love every time we get a second to hang out and connect. So I would love for you today to unpack some lessons that you've learned about leadership. We could go a lot of different directions with this conversation. When I think about Mike O'Connell, I think about communication. I think about vision. I think about leadership. And we decided together that we would spend, call it the next 20, 25 minutes, having a discussion about what it means to lead. And so the first question I have for you, Mike, is um, what does leadership mean to you? When you think about the word leadership, what does that mean to you? Well, I, you know, I love what John Maxwell says where he says leadership is influence, right? And, um, you know, for me, uh, leadership really means a lot. And I've been on this journey of leadership, you know, for, for a while. But two years ago, I was deeply impacted when I was sitting in the front row at a conference and this guy was talking, he said this, he said, we don't need better leaders. We need different leaders. And something really struck me. And so when I think about the idea of leadership, I think, I think it's all about what we can do for others and not for ourselves, right? Uh, it's less about a position and it's more about a journey that we go on. And I just think that everything rises and falls on leadership. And here's the deal. Uh, there's some people that right now they're like, trying to click this podcast off because they've already believed in their mind that they're not a leader. Um, but let me just tell you that if you have influence in anybody's life, you are a leader. And this is something that, you know, we need to take serious because as the leader gets better, everybody gets better around them. So good. We have some established leaders on the call. We've got some emerging leaders on the call. We probably have some people, Mike, listening that wouldn't even consider themselves to be a leader. I want you to speak to the young emerging leader. What does a young emerging leader need to focus on as they grow and evolve in their leadership journey? No question. Well, first of all, you can't be a great leader until you are first a great follower. You know, I think that, you know, the atmosphere you permit decides the product that you produce. I love that quote. And so if you're young, man, just get around some leaders. There's something about that can, it's just contagious, right? But, but here's some advice to young leaders, and, and I love this. You can't lead others until you first lead yourself. I think when you're a young man, you got to learn how to lead yourself. It starts there, right? And for me, at least, um, that starts in the morning, man. There's so much demand uh, in life. And, you know, I, I always laugh when I'm talking to young guys that aren't married, that don't have kids. And, you know, me, I'm married. I got three kids. Like, we're on the fast track. Life's crazy. 
And so young leaders often have tons of bandwidth. But the reality is, is you're building disciplines when you're younger. And as God adds more, you know, to your life, and all of a sudden that capacity uh, starts to dwindle a little bit, it's like those, those little disciplines are what are going to lead to you continuing to move forward in your leadership journey. And so for me, I'm a big morning routine guy. Um, that's, that's where it starts for me. That's where uh, I invest into my own life. That's where I learn how to become a leader of myself so that when I go out into the workplace, so that when I engage with my family, I have the capacity to lead them. Love that, man. I think about John Maxwell says the most difficult job in leadership is leading yourself. And we miss that, right? I think as young leaders, we think, man, leadership is all about other people when it actually is about us, right? It's about leading self first so that we can lead others well. Another adage that I know you love is leadership isn't about adding followers. It's about adding more leaders. Can you talk about some of the leaders in your life and why you respected them, maybe the ways that they grew you and your early leadership journey? Yeah, I mean, like I just said, I mean, the key to, the key to living is giving. And I think leadership is all about giving, not getting. And so, you know, if, if you want to leave legacy, I think it's all about what can I do for others? How can I make the people around me better? And so I'm just a, I'm a byproduct of being uh, surrounded by a lot of great leaders. You know, even just when I think back about my college football journey at Iowa State, you know, we had some difficult years there. But I played for, I had the privilege of playing for three different head coaches. And so, you know, that's not ideal for a college football player. But because of that, I had a ton of different coaches throughout my career at Iowa State. And, you know, and then I went and played a year in professional football and got to play for Joe Moglia, who used to be the CEO of TD Ameritrade, you know, built that company up to a billion dollar company. And so, um, you know, Todd Doxson, our current lead pastor at our church, you know, played in the NFL, just these are, these are people that, you know, I, I truly am uh, standing on their shoulders. And I just believe that there's a, there's a responsibility that we carry as leaders to invest in others, you know, so that then they can go and invest in others. And we want that legacy and that journey to continue down on. Hey, Mike, it's been said that great leaders are great communicators. Great communicators make great leaders. One of the things that makes you a gifted leader is you are a gifted communicator. Uh, last year, you were voted the top speaker at our summit conference. And I know one of the gifts that the Lord has given you is just the ability to speak and communicate. Could you speak to what it means for you and ultimately for others to develop? If somebody wants to develop as a public speaker, as a keynote speaker, what are the early stage steps to making that happen? Absolutely. Well, number one, um, it's got to start with practice. You know, I, I, I often tell people that you know, you just, you don't have to be on a stage to practice good communication. When you're sitting down and you're taking that businessman to coffee or you're on a sales call or whatever, whatever it may have you, you're communicating or reading to your children at night, the way in which you articulate, the way that you communicate, that's all practice, you know? And so um, you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And you have to recognize that you, you may not have a big stage right now, but you can always you can always get better at communication. And really communication um, is all about transferring information with clarity. It's all about connecting with the human beings that are right in front of you. I'm telling you right now, I think the thing that I've learned about communication is, you know, as somebody that's writing speeches and sermons and all that kind of stuff, 
we can make that process. We can become obsessed with the outline, the shell. But what I've realized is great communication is being present. It's connecting with the people that are right in front of you. Some of the most meaningful moments that I've ever had in communication were the moments that weren't planned, that weren't scripted, that weren't written in the notes. And I think it's a result of being present, of empathizing with your audience, with, with really connecting with them in the moment. And I think those are things that you can start doing when you're in front of any sort of human being on the day-to-day. So good. And profoundly true that there's a difference between connecting and communicating. I think so much of that has to do with transparency and vulnerability. We're drawn to people that are vulnerable, that are transparent. Uh, for me, and watching your journey, Mike, over the years, and I've known you forever, man, you are one of the most talented, but simultaneously one of the most vulnerable people that I've ever been around. And I know it's why people want to follow you. So tell me where that comes from. And then tell me what that means to you, like to be vulnerable, to be transparent, like unpack that for us. For sure. Well, one of my favorite quotes is said by Craig Rochelle. He says that, you know, we would rather follow leaders who are always real than leaders who are always right. Right. And I know you say that a lot and that's an adage that you've really tried to embrace, but I've tried to embrace it as well. The reality is, is I've just realized that leadership is not it's not a destination that I get to. It's a journey that I go on. It's a process, right? And we're going to stumble. We're going to fall. We're going to blow it. And I think that it went in those moments, we have an opportunity to, uh, to be, to be, you know, humble and to, to lead with humility. And for me, I just realized that, um, you know, people will admire your success, but they connect with your failure. And so when you can lead from that place, and here's what it takes as a leader, is it takes security. You know, for me, the more insecure I am, the less vulnerable and transparent I'm going to be because I'm trying, I may be trying to put on, put off a perception, right? I want people to think something about me. I mean, we all innately as leaders, just as human beings, we want to be liked, right? And I don't think, I don't think at the core, there's anything wrong with that. But if that supersedes and all of a sudden now, every environment or relationship or moment that I go into, I've got to put on a new mask or I've got to act a certain way so that that crowd or that group of people will like me. Well, now I'm not being authentic to who I was created to be. There's something really freeing when I make mistakes. I I mean, I love when I get opportunities to communicate, to communicate about my failures, about my mistakes, about how I've fallen short, because all of a sudden, it takes you off this pedestal and all of a sudden you connect with, with the common man or with the group that you're speaking to. And so I would just encourage leaders, man, it's a strength to be vulnerable. It's a strength to show your weaknesses. Now you got to use wisdom uh, on when to do that and how to do that and what that looks like. But I do think it is, uh, it's a superpower. No, no question about it. it. It is so true, right? If we live for their praise, we'll die by their criticism. No question. And so many people are out there living for praise and man, it's a dangerous way to live. And, and you and I have been down that path, right? We're not exempt from that. It's not like we don't know what that's about. I know what that's about. I can speak for myself. Um, how do you protect yourself from that, Mike? So as you grow as a leader, naturally you have more people that follow you. You have more pats on the back. You get more praise. How do you continue to remain humble in light of a lot of success? <laughs> I'll tell you how I stay humble, man, is, uh, be, you know, being a married man, um, you know, I, I come on now, I, you know, 
being a father of three, you know what I'm saying? Uh, All I got to do is look in the mirror, man. And, you know, just look at how I'm falling short as a leader at home from time to time. And that really keeps me humble. So when I think that, that I've got it all together or, you know, that, that my stuff doesn't stink, all it takes is me getting in proximity with the people that I love the most and letting them down. And I just think that keeps me in a posture of, of, you know, for me, at least it's, it's recognizing my need for grace, uh, wrecking, recognizing my need for unconditional love. And for me, man, like, you know, I just believe that I'm, I'm created, there's a creator. And so that keeps me super humble when I can wake up every single day in a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving for, for the life that I've been given. And just recognizing that, man, I am really uh, just one of many people on this earth. And I'm really not that, not as sweet as I think I am. Mark Batterson said, uh, our goal in life should be to be respected the most by people that know us the best. And that, that message has always resonated with me. I know that that's part of uh, how you think and how you operate. Today, you, you took your kids to the zoo. So you were at the Omaha Zoo. Uh, you made a little bit of time for us and you're coaching football tonight. Um, you're a hard guy to catch, man. How do you prioritize family? Like, I know that you believe your most important leadership job is inside the walls of your home. How are you prioritizing family? How are you leading family? Uh, give us a window into that world. Yeah, it's so good, man. I think, you know, this has been an area where I've been really challenged, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, actually. And I read a quote that really hit me and, it's, and it's, it goes like this. Success at work without success at home isn't success at all. And that is a very bold statement. But when I read those words, there was something that really struck me in my heart, right? And, you know, the reality is, is the the more we grow in leadership outside the home, oftentimes we can, you know, delegate and outsource certain things that we're doing. But can I just tell our listeners today, we cannot delegate or outsource our leadership inside of the home. I like to say this, that leadership in the home is a prerequisite for leadership outside the home. And so for me, it just, I've been on this journey, Jordan, where I've, um, because naturally I'm type A, I'm driven. My wife always laughs and says, you're like a horse. You're just going to go till you drop. And so um, this has just been a point of emphasis though for us, you know, and for me, I had to, I had to make some radical life changes. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, was a, I'm kind of entrepreneurial minded and I launched into starting a business a few years ago with some friends and I had to, I had to step out of that because I recognized that coaching football, being a pastor, starting a business, you know, having my hands in all these different things was pulling me from my most important role as a husband and a father. And that's where, that's where the greatest leadership can happen. I, I mean, you talk about it all the time. It's, you know, how am I impacting the people that mean the most to me? I mean, what, are the, what, are, what is my dash going to represent when I take my last breath, right? And it, for me, uh, it's going to be the people that were closest to me and how I made them feel and how I impacted them. And so for me, you know, I've been on this journey the last couple of years where, where I've just really tried to make a point of emphasis for how I'm leading in the home and what are the things that I'm going to do to continue to make my family a priority. And so, you know, for us, it starts with, uh, trying to get in one date night every single week. Now, you know, we haven't been perfect with this, uh, you know, with, with toddlers and young children and kids running all over the place. It's not always easy to get babysitters, but we try to do that every single week. Uh, Jarek and I celebrated six years of marriage in August. Every single year we get away, just her and I uh, together at least once. And, um, and, then, and then once a week, 
we try to make memories with our children. You know, we, we have family day and, and, you know, I'm off for two days throughout the week. And one of those days we try to make family day. Like today's a perfect example, special day, take the kids to the zoo, make memories with them, spend time uh, investing in them. And so these are just little ways, but I would just say this, you know, oftentimes, um, and I think the struggle, if you're type A, if you're driven, if you're goal oriented, if you have vision and there's things that you want to accomplish, uh, sometimes, although those things are great and they could be things that God called you to, but sometimes we put, um, we put good things over the great things that we need to focus on. And so I would just consider what are those distractions? And for me, I've just, I've had to really think about, okay, what are the things that actually pull me away from being present in my leadership role inside the home? And I've just had to get strategic with, you know, being willing to put my phone down from time to time or, you know, turning off work email or shutting down Slack and putting it on silent. So there's little practical things that you can do so that you are prioritizing leadership in the home and, uh, and killing it there first. Hey, Mike, one word that I would use to describe you is patient. And I know people might chuckle at that because anybody that knows you would say, hey, hold on, Jordan, this isn't a, a super patient guy. Uh, but we've talked, you and I have talked a lot about waiting. And I want you to speak to some leaders that are, are, are maybe in a season of waiting. Maybe they haven't got the promotion. The door hasn't opened. Uh, they're not running that company yet. They don't feel like they're living into their calling just yet. And I'm going to shed some light on this um, as you speak into it. My favorite OC story, my favorite Michael Connell story, the, my, my favorite conversation that we've ever had, I was challenging you to do more speaking in the world of sports. Do you remember this? And oh, I, yeah. said, I said, Mike, you know Heisman Trophy winners. You played with you know, first-round draft picks. I mean, you know guys on, uh, that have done amazing things, right, in the world of sports, and you got to tap into that and continue your speaking career, and you're this gifted communicator. And you said, Jordan, hey, that all sounds great, but the reality is I'm in a season of waiting. I believe that promotion comes from above, and right now my calling, my season, is high school ministry. And so if God opens that door, I'll walk through it, but I've got some work to do before I'm ready for the next chapter, and I don't know what that next chapter is going to look like. But, man, that hit me so hard. Um, could you speak to just some folks that are waiting, in a season of waiting? For sure. I think it's – you know, it's all about rhythm as well and, and season and, and timing. And, you know, I, I like to talk about the pace of grace. You know, God has, um, you know, he has destiny on all of us, you know, and for me, I know that there are some amazing things that he's going to call me to do in my life and places that he wants to take me and use me and platforms that he may want me to step on. Um, but I want to get acutely aware about, okay, what season has he called me into right now? And I want to trust his timing to open those doors uh, when the season's right. Now, I believe there is an element of participation on our part. Uh, but for me, man, you know, I've really tried to practice patience because somebody once told me that if you strive to gain, you'll strive to maintain. And I think there is, there is an element of, of, you know, working hard, um, um, pushing forward, uh, taking the steps necessary to go after the thing that you want to achieve. Uh, but I also think there is some truth that if you strive to gain, you got to strive to maintain. And I just think that uh, I want to I add to my life when God is telling me to add. And so that's just my process. That's just how I'm going to do life. And um, it's, it's really brought me a lot of freedom. And it's, and, it's, and it's caused me to keep my priorities in line. And so I want, I want my priorities to be a filter for the decisions that I'm making. Because I, I was telling you this actually even just a few weeks ago. But 
um, I was sitting down with an Olympic champion and he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, if you're not saying no to good things, you're not saying no enough. I started to think about this concept, you know, um, every time we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. And so as a leader, I need to be really aware of what my priorities are in the season and not just my priorities, but what are the priorities God has set for my life and how, how can those become my filter for making decisions on what I do and what I don't do? So good, man. Love what you said about uh, saying no to good things. If you're not saying no to good things, you're not saying no enough. Um, Mike, what's next for you, man? When you think about your future, uh, and I know that you're going to yield to God's calling on your life, but, but in Mike's world, man, as you see it, what, what's next for Mike? For sure. Well, we're in, we're in a really fun season as a church. I'm, you know, I'm a pastor at a local church in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, in December of this year, we're going to open up just a, an unbelievable uh, building, man. It's, it's, it's an $11 million project. It's been a huge step of faith for us. Uh, we're super excited. We've got a lot of momentum. You know, I, I certainly feel called to continue to be faithful uh, as a pastor. And really, when I, when I say pastor, I'm leading people. I'm coaching people. I get to preach from the stage, so I'm communicating a lot. And, uh, but as, as well as, you know, doing that work, um, I love doing the, 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 the coaching stuff that I'm doing, the one-to-one coaching. And I just really think that there's, there's really something I want to lean, lean into when it comes to this idea of leadership, this idea of lead different, right? And so um, I want to help people discover, develop, and do leadership differently. And I think that's going to look like one-to-one coaching. That's going to look like uh, speaking engagements outside of the local church. And I believe ultimately one day it's going to look like impacting people on the internet by building, you know, various programs and content that, that um, can really uh, add value to people's lives, you know, while I'm taking a nap with my wife. <laughs> well, man, you are a uh, pastor, a father, a husband, a believer, you're a coach on the Montgomery Company's platform, and we're so honored to have you as a business partner, a coach, and a teammate. Uh, you're a high school football coach. You're a friend. You're a mentor. You play so many roles in the lives of the people that you care about, and you wear so many different hats. And I just want to encourage you, man, that you do those things so well. And for a young guy that's managed so much, I think you're just getting started. So let me just speak that over you. Uh, let me just encourage you that way as we sign off. And then real quick for our listeners, man, where can they find Mike O'Connell? Yeah, the easiest way to engage with me would be probably on LinkedIn. Uh, you can look me up, Mike O'Connell, or on Instagram. Go ahead and um, hit me up over there in the DMs, Mike, three underscores, O'Connell. Um, Jordan, man, this has been so much fun, man. And I'm, I'm just so proud of you, and I'm so grateful for – uh, just who you are, man. And I just want to encourage you real quick before we sign off here, man. This is uh, this is just the start for you. And Montgomery Companies is doing some amazing things. And I know you're impacting leaders all over the world. And I just want to encourage you to continue being faithful. This podcast is off the chain, man. I've been uh, super encouraged by the guests that you've had on this show. So keep uh, leaning in, keep stepping in, keep making a difference. You're leaving a legacy, my friend. Mike, I appreciate you. I love you, man. Tell Jericho we said hello, and uh, we'll chat real soon. Good catching up with you. Thanks for having me on, bud. All right, brother. Be well. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Company's podcast. We want to give our sincere thanks to Mike O'Connell for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, 
and spending your valuable time with us. It's an honor to know you, to be your friend, and to have you as a teammate at the Montgomery Companies. We also want to thank our listeners for checking out the Montgomery Companies podcast and tuning into our content. Feel free to like or share this content so we can move the mission forward to serve, help, and impact more people. You can catch these episodes on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And as always, we're honored that you've joined us.